Hey folks, welcome back to the DC Three Cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, our friends and Zach, and we are here to talk about three comics coming out on the twenty first of November, twenty twenty three. Starting with Batman Off World number one, the much anticipated DC Comics debut of Jason Aaron, illustrated by Doug Monkey. So, boys, we we are uh, typically not the biggest fan of there being a million Batman titles happening. We find that a lot of them tread similar territory. We were talking about some stuff that's coming up in February before the show started from this week's solicits and just you know, lamenting the, the lack of a new idea. And while I don't think that this book is necessarily the most revolutionary Batman idea we've ever seen, this did feel different than what we've been seeing from Batman books in recent times. And so, Zach, I want to start with you on this. Did this scratch a different kind of bat itch than what we've been getting from other stuff as of late? I'm going to say no. Okay. Because I did not know what to expect from this, but <clears throat> I definitely wanted more than what it is. Um. So, so I have to say, I think I like alluded a few shows back. I, I said, because I had already read this. I read this like as soon as we got access to it, which was like several weeks ago, um, that it had a thing in it that kind of overlapped with stuff that Zadarsky is doing, which is in, in, at that point where, uh, you know, uh, Zadarsky has been doing stuff because I think also like what he did in Batman the Night uh, that that maxi series was like mm. kind of focused on Bruce's training and his mentors and things. Whereas this is Aaron taking that to its like final logical conclusion, which is like Bruce has trained with everyone that he can on earth. So he has to leave earth to train yep. with someone else, mm -hmm. which is a fun idea. It is. Uh, um, But at least this first issue I thought was just like very, Oh, just like very fine. Um, it kind of gave me like Philip Kennedy Johnson World World flashback vibes. It absolutely. It's I, it's I didn't need. They even they're even called the War Workers. Yeah, and yeah. and it's the exact same thing where like Bruce gets abducted to kind of thrown in the ranks of these uh, captured captive people, you know. Yeah. Vince, what do you think of this first issue? Um my thoughts are 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 not too dissimilar from Zach's. I think what I will say is I was I wanted this isn't like the 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 reignition of the spark of creativity for Aaron that I, I hoped would happen at DC, at least not right off the bat. What I will say though is that he didn't flop either. Like this isn't there's, there's nothing here. That's like, um, there's nothing here. That's like bad or embarrassing. There's nothing here that like, right. you know, so some of his late Marvel stuff is, is kind of, and I only know this from like, I haven't read it. Uh, I haven't read Aaron at Marvel in a while, but you know, I keep up with what's going on. And some of this stuff just seems like kind of like questionable choices, at least when framed by the the people that I listen to when it comes to this stuff. Um, there's nothing like that here. I mean, this plays it this plays it fairly safe. Um, it's it's kind of fun, but not as fun as I wanted it to be. I think that's my big my big take home point is that like. You're right, Brian. We don't get enough stories where where Bruce is out of his street level Gotham comfort zone. Um, when we know that Batman's history is riddled with travels to space and fights against aliens and fights against the supernatural and blah blah blah. I mean, this is stuff that goes back decades and decades. This is, um, you know, since the Silver Age had, had Batman been doing going on wacky adventures, um. Actually, in like the golden slash silver age, Batman is it's almost a gag comic at times. Like, um, 
every golden age and and into the early silver age was kind of like that like superman wonder woman they they all have like gaggy moments where like what if uh what if wonder woman got really fat you know that's yeah uh it, they all trade off on stories like that but batman more so than the others even like batman was kind of a goofy character not not quite like batman 66 goofy right but, right but it's part of his legacy and you don't see writers writers have all adopted like the post 80s batman where it's very serious street level it maybe delves into a little bit of supernatural but for the most part it's pretty straight laced um and this this purported to have a little bit more fun kind of pulpy sci-fi to it uh there's some humor in it i like the 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 one robot character that's like a a masochist that likes getting beat up like that 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 got a chuckle out of me um i wish there was more of that i wish bruce was a little goofier but bruce is bruce is the same self-serious bruce that we get in every other story and i think that's what you know brian when you introduced this and you said you know we we don't see batman in this element very often you're right you're absolutely right but the tone the tone is very much the same bruce that we've gotten for years and years now i'm gonna make i think an unpopular statement here but i'm gonna tell you why this book fails it's doug monkey oh and here's why the art is not bad the art is too serious that's true yeah, if this was ooh, in a more a fun artist's hands, the humor and the weirdness of it would come through. But Monkey plays this super straight. There is not a hint of playfulness. The The only thing that is playful in this entire book is when Batman is fighting the punch bot and he just has the cowl and the gloves and no shirt. But that's not a Monkey. That, that's a classic yeah. Batman thing but that's the only sort of wink in the art to anything that is playful or enjoyable everything else is played super duper straight and that's on Monkey yeah that's true and I like Monkey I'm a big Monkey so fan like, oh, th- th- yeah but yeah I think you're right for him. no I think you're, I think you're absolutely right I think in a vacuum this book looks great but yeah I do think you're right I think it would have benefited from a more playful artist from Zach, who should be drawing all the DC books these days? Uh, Todd Nock. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If, if Todd Nock drew this, it would be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know who oh. I actually feel like this um, would be fun with? I feel like this would be fun with, like, um... oh, crud. Who who did, like, the, oh, this would be, like, like Doc Shaner or like Chris Somney, yes, like yes. somebody like that and make it like really pulpy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That yeah. that would be cool. There are a million yeah. ways to make this more fun. Yeah, absolutely. Pulp, yeah. Pulp Batman just getting into it with a bunch of aliens and robots. Yeah, totally. Even just a really goofy Batman could be fine. Sure. But Monkey just everything in this is like the way the first time we see Batman out of the shadows, he is just like standing in this um, very, very sort of classic Batman pose. His head is tilted down. He's grimacing. And it just, it's the exact wrong. I, I don't know. As I was reading this, I kept thinking like, first of all, and, and Monkey can can do a good alien design here and there, but all of these aliens look very, very similar to DC stuff we've seen before. And some of the fun of of putting Batman off world with all these characters you've never seen before is you can really go ape with the designs, but this is all very standard boilerplate DC alien designs. And so, yeah, I mean, as much as I I am a big, big monkey guy, this just, to me, this is, that was the real fault of this book. That said, I think Aaron should have gone goofier or gone just different in some way. This, even though this setting is very different, it really isn't that different of a tone like we, like we were saying from, you know, so many other bat books. Yeah. But I but um, but I also think that a lot of times subtlety in a script can be 
hard to come by if the artist is not necessarily on the same wavelength as the writer as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I, I also, I don't, I, I get why this book is set in Batman's past, but by having it set in Batman's past, it also eliminates like, for instance, uh, he meets a, um, a what's, what's Starfire's race? A, a uh, Tameranian. A Tameranian. going to come like, up again later. Yes, it will. <laughs> it will. Um, but like knowing Starfire would have made that interaction with the Tameranian way more interesting, but that's not happening here. And, uh, you know, if 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 he could lean on some of his other times off planet, I think that would have been more interesting than like, I, I just I don't know why everyone's two favorite things about Batman are that he's always prepared and that he's uh like trained under all these masters. And every Batman book has to mention one of those things every 10 pages or so. And I just think it'll be so much more fun if they if they didn't rely on all the tropiness and let this story just be weird and fun on its own. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. It's not the like, you know, stellar return of Aaron to, to DC comic properties that I kind of, that I hoped it would be, but it's about what I kind of expected it to be. And in, in terms of like, <laughs> I guess like I was kind of expecting like a a nice seven out of ten, and that's it's about where it falls. I think. Well, what's interesting is that to, to me, this I see. I was hoping because if you recall, the first thing Bendis did coming over to DC, Man of Steel, was no, it was Batman it? Universe. They, I think they were at the same. They were concurrent. I think. Um. Okay. Regardless. I was hoping this would be like his Batman universe, uh-huh. like a fun, not really in continuity, um, you know, story. But this feels more like the Bendis stuff he was doing, like in Action Comics in year two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're right there. Yeah, I don't know. I. I understand like easing Aaron back in with like a mini series, but I, I, it's, this just kind of like removes a lot of the urgency and excitement for me. I think I, I, I kind of would have like rather seen him like put on a really quirky, like lower stakes ongoing or something to, to kind of get going. So especially because the only other thing we, we know he's doing so far is, is that, that yeah. run on, on action. And that's only what three issues, yeah. Three issues, yeah. I I think there'll be more to come. I think. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, I do too. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know what? I wish this was more like because it's kind of thematically similar. Um, did you ever read the Aaron written Spider-Man and Wolverine mini? Yes. Over at Marvel from like I, yeah. I have not, but I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Oh, it's so much fun. It's it's obviously it's like wisecracking Spider-Man and it's like super serious Wolverine, but thrown into a ridiculous situation. Um, And it's so much fun. It's so playful. I think like Bruce in the Logan role in a similar title was what I was hoping this would be just at first glance. And it just never loosens up enough. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. No, I agree. Like, yeah, like, yeah. And like, uh, you know, oh, gosh, somebody who has worked with Aaron before who would have been a great fit for this would have been Nick Bradshaw. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. From Wolverine and yeah. the X-Men. Yeah. Yeah, that, absolutely. That fantastic. There's a line where the, the Tamaranian says, uh, I wonder if all the flightless birds back home are as screwy as this one. <laughs> and that's that's kind of. That's a funny line, I guess, in a way, but it would be so much better if this Bruce was wackier. Like, imagine if he was like a big go- or even the Grant Morrison Bruce, who was like not a wacky goofball, but was like more like Morrison's Bruce was like could like see anything and 
and immediately go along with it. You know, like, like nothing, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like nothing would phase that Bruce. Right. Um, and it wasn't overly serious and it wasn't, it was very much like, well, well, Robin, this is a thousand year old death cult that we're about to do combat. Well, you know, it was just, it was just pluckier than this. And, and like calling this Bruce screwy doesn't, you know, screwy is like Donald uh, Daffy duck, you know, (laughs) (laughs) not, not this Bruce Wayne. So yeah. This, this is not bad, but it's certainly not what we hoped it would be. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, I don't know. Mid, mid might be harsh, but it's like close to mid. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not, Slightly it's not a, mid. it's not a total flop, which I, I appreciate, but yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I gotta say before we move on though, there is, there is one bit that, that did make me laugh that I really liked, which was when the Tamaranian uh says says to Bruce something like uh oh you've you have a love back home that's what keeps you going and she keeps going on and on and on about like it must be some woman you know yeah and then, <laughs> and then Bruce smirks and it smash cuts to the Go- Gotham City sign yeah uh-huh. That's so funny. That's, yeah. But again, oh, it's God. not really played for laughs it's, visually. It could have been much funnier yeah. with with some lighter art. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But but I but that is the one time where in the script you you see the joke they're going for without the art being optimal to deliver right, it, right. you know? Mm-hmm. Um That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. That is that's a good joke. Solid yeah. goof. It, it it could have been better with yeah, that joke could have hit so hard with with better, more suited art. Not better art, more suited yeah. art. Hello, denizens of Earth 1218. We are the hosts of Make Mine Multiversity, a twice-monthly podcast. I'm Jaina. And I'm Elias. Make Mine Multiversity is your handy guide to all things Marvel. Each month, we get into it with long looks at the careers of Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men, sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and present, and sometimes that means figuring out which series is our heavyweight champion. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior indeed. Well, that brings us to Justice Society of America number seven, written by Jeff Johns, illustrated by Marco Santucci. Um... Zach, I have to let you start with this one. <laughs> Let's Be- just—I'm not even going to talk. Let's just let Zach go. Because so, so just just for context, for those that are that are not uh, patrons of ours, DC3Cast.com, uh, we are currently doing a little uh, Starman intermezzo from our Grant Morrison chat, and so we're sort of in JSA land a little bit, like uh, JSA headspace right now, and. Zach and I for months now have been saying we have to catch up on Justice Society. Mm-hmm. And this week we finally did it. And Zach has been blowing up Lad's chat with how much he loves comics again <laughs> and how much this is just like Zach Nip. So he's having a love affair with this ice cream sandwich. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to thank Vince because he flipped through this and was like, Oh, we we gotta talk about this. This is this has something. And so like I don't know why I fall off because you know, you guys know we kind of talked about like I was really high on all of this John stuff when like the the new golden age one shot thing came out I, and I assume it just has to be because of like the delays <laughs> um and just like my fickleness yes. with comics anyway but yeah. um I think I had only read like the first two issues of Justice Society and on and I think maybe like the first issue of the Stargirl mini and then I kind of just like let both of them pile up and I was like oh, I'll get to it eventually um but um yeah, I caught up on both of those, actually, because, you know, this is so the issue we're talking about tonight is the second issue in the current arc, which is called I think it's called Young Justice Society. I'm pretty sure. And it it's kind of like. It, it's kind of spinning out of both the first arc of Justice Society and the Stargirl mini. Um, it's kind of like the convergence point there. And um 
aside from the art, which I'm not always keen on, I'm not the, the biggest Santucci guy, although I do think there are some like good pages in this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think he kind of like fits the bill of kind of like, we have Ivan Reyes at home kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, especially like the opening. Well, no, I think it, it wasn't this issue. The opening, I, I think it was in issue six, which was Santucci was also on. There's like the opening page is this kind of like um, close up cut of like Superman's logo and like Hal doing the like Green Lantern pose that he did yep. all throughout the Johns run. And it's yep. just like, oh, yeah, this is just like this is just like the Jeff Johns, Ivan Reyes greatest hits page right here. Um, But um, yeah, I don't know. Like this was just, this is just so delightful to me. Um, Delightful folks. It is delightful. It's like, I mean, I can't say, I can't say it's like, I, I don't know if I can say it's really good. Cause again, like are (laughs) any of these comics good? I don't know who can say, um and and it does like starman's good starman is good but like current comics yeah um you know this opens up with a pretty like eye-rolly bit with the harlequin sun this is like big um doomsday clock vibes you know is what i'm getting from this Mm -hmm. and but then we like jump into this confrontation with solomon grundy uh because um uh, Huntress is trying to um, essentially like w- what we saw in the first arc and in, in her future, they they had started a Justice Society team with kind of like reformed legacy villains, basically. And so she's trying to jumpstart that and they're starting by trying to recruit Solomon Grundy. And so they're, they're, they're going after Grundy. And this part just is just pure fun to me like the configuration of characters who are involved is just so nutty um this actually this has like the page where grundy is getting burnt up is i think one of like santucci's best pages in the whole book it gives Mm -hmm. me like chris burnham vibes actually Mm -hmm. um the uh the other insane bit in this is dr midnight goes to visit gene loring <laughs> yes <laughs> that's and, the thing that's the thing that made me say oh boy we got it we probably got to read this oh it wasn't the legion thing because that's what i thought you were legion of substitute reading. heroes no the legion of substitute heroes which oh maybe it was that too <laughs> i i don't i don't remember i meant to go back and look i don't remember if animal lad was in there but i know rainbow girl and stone boy were specifically in the Johns and Gary Frank Superman and the Legion of Superheroes arc from action comics, you know, Mm -hmm. over a decade ago. So, um, it's wild how much I think Vince, you had alluded to in, in last chat about like how close DC is getting back to like pre flashpoint feel and, and, and like having, you know, like clearly post-identity crisis gene loring showing up um doing all this stuff with all of these like all of the jsa characters all of these legacy characters it just oh man it's just like everything that i love about dc comics you know (laughs) all Mm -hmm. in all in one little book and and one thing i i want to say before i like jump off my soapbox here is in catching up with everything i was like consistently surprised in this book how much johns is playing with like the current dcu status quo like there's some like lazarus planet stuff going on in this book yes yes. um there's like a nod to gotham war in the last issue there's also a nod to flashpoint uh beyond yeah yeah uh last issue yeah, which like which like that was his thing, so I, I'm less right. surprised about that. But like he's he's like playing nice with other people's books, which he hasn't done at DC since like before Flashpoint. Yeah. So, and I don't know if it's just because he's more removed, and I'm I'm like extremely fascinated, like thinking about what his plans are for DC, like in the near future with him moving over to this like image thing, like 
this this to me feels like a reinvigorated Johns at DC kind of thing, but I I don't know like how long he is for this. So right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I, I want I, I want to hear what you guys have to say about this too. So, so I I think I think pretty much uh, everything you said is correct. Um, the thing that I really need to let you guys in on here. And you might know this a little bit, but I know I'm the only person who is keeping up with this. This is John's trying to take old DC continuity, new DC continuity, and the continuity from the CW Stargirl and make a show out of it. There is so much of the Stargirl show in this. Like that show in some ways was adapting. The first season was adapting the Stars and Stripes comic. Um, but then it started to bring in some characters that Johns didn't even touch in his JSA stuff, like specifically the Yolanda Montez um, uh, Wildcat and the uh, Beth Chapel Dr. Midnight. Those both were um, pre-zero hour characters okay. that kind of got, you'd see them show up now and then, but they really had sort of been put out to pasture when Johns took over JSA and brought back, like, um, you know, Ted Grant as uh, as Wildcat, etc. So um, there is so much of this that is Johns just like doing his own greatest hits of all the stuff that he wants to do. And on one hand, I think that's great. Like, if you have the power to do that and you want to connect all your pet projects together go for it dude i'm not gonna stand i do love when writers do that (laughs) yeah it's fun when writers do that right but on the other hand it's interesting that you said zach that he's playing well with others i think that that's true however i think the reason he's able to play well with others here is that there is no expectation for anyone to play with him Mm -hmm. like this is he can take whatever he wants from all the stuff dc is doing with with almost explicit knowledge that no one is going to touch his stuff here and that is my only reservation with this book is that this is like Vince said in Lad's chat, this is such a fun revitalization of old continuity where it's it starting to feel a little bit like the pre-Flashpoint era, but you know it's only gonna really feel that way in this book. It's that that does not seem to be seeping through anywhere else. Uh well, the John I, I, mean, is- I do th- I think that DC has been moving closer to that sort of thing yes but um, not in this way no it's it is a, it's a little different yeah yeah um but i i i mostly like this you know i there's also you really do see uh john's playing with a lot of different stuff i mean even just having grundy as part of the team as vince now knows is a very starman thing to happen right and uh having icicle on the on the team is a very jsa thing to happen and, you know, yeah, it's funny, like how much it seems that, and like I'm excited to get to this for this reason, but how much Johns has been referencing his original JSA run. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so yeah, it is. It, it's interesting. I I, th- I think it's mostly good. I I would say that my my slight reservations with this. I mean, like, look, if if you can't roll your eyes at Gene Loring, then what can you roll your eyes at, right? Yeah. Um, but also, I rolled my eyes harder when they mentioned Amanda Waller. <laughs> than oh, I yeah, did, of course. Um, when they mentioned Gene Loring, because this, I thought this would be the one spot where maybe we wouldn't have to deal with Amanda Waller, um, in 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 the DC universe right now. But no, it, you can't escape her. She's in your bones. She's in your marrow. She's your right home. To quote Weezer, um, and uh, yeah, it's just that that was a bummer. But this does this does feel in some ways like John's like uh like unifying thesis on DC comics. Oh, so it's like his Superman and the authority. Like yes. His... <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh then, yeah. Wow. Um, Good call. Uh, yes, it is. Except for there's there, there's not enough Green Lantern stuff. If there was more Green Lantern stuff, I would say this is like the final word that John's has on dc but it also like you know that all that stuff happened after this is almost like john's closing the book on his earliest dc stuff mm-hmm. yeah yeah Vince, what do you think of this i i i liked it with reservations um 
So do we know, forgive me if we've talked about this before, if I'm ignorant, um, do, do we know how John's creator-owned stuff affects potential future work on this book? I don't like, think we do know that. I was no. going to say, does this book have a defined end that's defined by John's creator-owned imprint? Well, so... Not I, I not necessarily that, but if we will recall, I'm pretty sure this was announced as a 12 issue series. It uh, was. I don't know if it okay. still is or not, but I don't but... know that it is. They they seem to have walked that back. Well, just because it... I, I don't think they have any confidence going to finish 12 issues of it. It's taking them so long. <laughs> maybe, like, maybe I, so. It, yeah, it could be less, not more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, uh, I yeah. was flipping through uh, one of the issues on DC Universe, and DC Universe keeps all of the sort of dc back matter on the back in the uh in the issues mm-hmm. and there was an ad for shazam fury of the gods and i was like when the fuck did that movie come out like this mm. that's how long these and that was like issue four or five yeah it was being referenced here like there's yeah you know this is this book's taking a long time to come out so i just think they haven't set a specific time frame because they don't know See- but also Go ahead go sorry. ahead so no no you finish your i didn't oh. know you were gonna say so what, what i was gonna say is that um I wonder if the reason that nobody is able to play around with this stuff yet is because there is an ending to this that is going to take precedent for future stories, and that ending keeps getting pushed back because of the Jeff Johns of it all. I will say that there's a thing coming up soon that we might talk about in the future, in the near future, that tangentially features stuff from this. Uh huh. Yeah, that's more, true. More on that later. More on that later. Um, that's true. Remember though, when they just used to hire a hatchet man to come finish off some run that didn't go as planned. Yep. They don't do that anymore, do they? Remember when? Remember when all of a sudden, like, uh, remember when Chris when when Chris Robeson finished off Superman Grounded. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. I, I was yeah. just gonna say. Remember when uh, Tony, whoever, finished some book because somebody else dropped off? You know, Tony. Who am I thinking of? Tony. Uh, uh, well, so are we thinking about? There's like the Andy Diggle. Was it the Andy I, Diggle uh, actually? Tony yeah. Bedard. No, no, no. Tony, Tony Bedard. Uh, Zach, I'm not thinking of any specific run. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm thinking of the type of writer it would have been. Sure. To yeah. Come Tony in, Bedard. To come did in that okay. All so, the time. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I was I was looking something up while you were talking. Uh-huh. I'm reading the press release for uh, Ghost Machine, which is the John's yeah. creator own thing. All creators will be exclusive to Ghost Machine beyond commitments to pre-existing titles. Uh-huh. Okay. So I don't think John's doing anything after that. I, I think that answers this question. Unless he has another DC book he has signed up for already, which he may, I don't think he has any... I don't think he's... I think he's pretty much done at DC after this for for a yeah. while. He'll be back at some point. But, you but know. I think the question is, like, how long... So, like, I'm... You know, I expected... I was very surprised when, like this book had an arc that ended i i expected from like the initial announcement and the way it seemed like it was going to go that we would have like it would be like a doomsday clock thing again you know or it would be like a 12 issue yeah series yeah that was all about one thing but then like he he closed the book on the perdigaton thing i was like oh okay i was i was shocked rereading this how how that's over now yeah yeah same um and so like maybe now like the thing is to set up this like young justice society as a team and like doing something with the legion and like basically like setting up all of these like new characters that he has has created all of these like forgotten characters Mm -hmm. and then other people are going to pick that up like we're already seeing with the um like the green lantern and the flash and the sandman miniseries um like, do we get a young Justice Society that spins out of this or something? And and like a Justice Society, or you know, do we do we have that somebody else is gonna pick up? I, I could see that happening, but I I don't know. What I just like don't know is like how long is John's on this book? Right. I my inclination from our discussion here is that it's it's 12 issues and he's out. And hopefully they hopefully they get some other writer to pick up some of this stuff and run with it. I, I wish they wouldn't just 
I wish be, you could pick up the hacktivist guys. No, 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 no. <laughs> I I wish like Justice Society thirteen would get uh solicited and it's like Tim Sheridan writing it and it just keeps going. I mean I I think it's very likely that it'll be like Sheridan or Adams. Yeah. Be, because they what weren't they the two who helped out yes, with yeah, um, Flash they were. Beyond, yeah. Yeah, it was them. So like I feel like they are being groomed as like the and maybe some more choice of words. The new <laughs> the new <laughs> The new chapter of uh, yeah. the DCU. Um, but Ooh. uh Um but yeah, I, I could see either one or both of them taking over whatever comes next, and that would be that'd be great. See, and unfortunately, I, I more likely I see this stuff all just dying out and Same. you know. See, if I was going to die out, I don't think they'd be doing these miniseries I, alongside I it. think they would. I think they would, especially because the miniseries, mm-hmm. mostly with a couple exceptions, feel like they could be self-contained. I think they could end. They and, sort of do, but I feel I, like I don't feel like there's any incentive to do them if you're not planning on doing more with some of this stuff. Because uh, like, who's clamoring ever... for a for an Alan Scott? <laughs> or or like golden age sand i can see the golden age sandman thing just because of the yeah. the timing with the uh whatever that night terror you know what night terror is maybe who's um, who's clamoring for ice and fire good good point turn to small fill whatever you know, the, know who's to say why any of this happens you're uh you're not you're not wrong there i guess i hope it's not like i just think i i hope you're right i hope it keeps going after Johns is gone, I just comics just don't seem to work like that as much anymore. I don't know. Like, it seems to me like there is this. I don't want to say trend because I think that's maybe overstating what I'm talking about. I can't remember the last time that a book outside of being a Superman or Batman title, or I guess maybe Wonder Woman title. Where a character, where a creator walks off, and someone else just slides in behind them, mm-hmm. it seems like every time now there is a four to six month break when there's enough time has passed that the new writer can come in and do everything over again, reset the deck on the book. Well, and really, it- you know where that has happened the most often, the most recently. Where's that? Has- everything Donny Case was working on at Marvel. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, good call. He, he, like, when he had his thing, all of those books kept going. Marvel just, like, quietly slotted new people into the books. Uh-huh. Well, it certainly hasn't happened to DC. Well, yeah, and those no. are, that's an extenuating circumstance, I feel, that, like... <clears throat> sure. But they, yeah, you know, they could have just wrapped those books up, but they... Yeah. They all mostly kept going. Yeah, I just I do think I I wish I knew more of the editorial or the financial drive behind this, but I do think there is a trend of like, well, we we talked about this with um, Jack Knight and James Robinson, right, in our Patreon, Brian, do the pitch. Patreon.com slash DC3Cast or DC3Cast.com. How other creators are not really allowed to touch Jack Knight, except in the most extreme cases where he like shows up in the background at a funeral and only with Robinson's permission effectively. Right. Yes. yes. None, none of the stuff that has happened recently is nearly that strong. I don't want to, I'm only making the, the barest of comparisons to that, but it really does seem like take the super sons, for example. Oh, we're not doing super sons unless Pete Tomasi's writing them. Uh, I had other characters. Oh, like uh, Tynion, right? Like anything with Bluebird. We're not going to do Bluebird unless Tynion's around doing something for us, you know? Yeah, they may show up. They may show up in the background. They may show up in like a panel or two to remind you that they're part of the Bat family or whatever. But there's a lot of characters where like once that creator's not working for the... They don't even have to be writing the character. 
But if they're not currently working for the company, those characters are just not really going to be used sure. in the same way. And I very much feel that same thing possibly happening once once Jeff Johns goes away. Like, well, time to put the JSA back in the box for a while. I mean, this is why we're never going to see Naomi again. Who? Naomi? The, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. The Bendis I know. character? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, exactly. Exactly. Like, and and who knows? Like I said, I'd like to know the actual financials behind it because maybe there is some uh, bigger agreement with Bendis regarding Naomi, right? Like, he's not going to be able to go take that character to some other company. Of course, right. But there very well could be something written in stone saying, like, unless, unless I give you the permission you can't use that character or you can't like, I mean, it's, I don't see DC doing that. That's kind of insane, but like there, maybe there's a financial incentive, you know, like if you do use this character, you got to pay me X, right? Like, um, I, I wish I knew, but, but it really does feel like editorially they're interested in like, well, these characters just kind of belong to this guy until we, until we figure out something else to do with them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know Tomasi's not the only one to ever write the Super Sons. There's that like graphic novel that was by like I, I think Mike Morisi did that. Maybe I could be mixing it up with a different one, but like, but like, really, we don't get Super Sons very often without right. Pete Tomasi. We're not getting the the Super Villain Sons <laughs> written by somebody else. It's Tomasi coming back. Right. The Sin Sons? The Sin Sons, whatever they're called. Yeah. The Sin Sons sounds like uh the, the videos guys? like watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the ones that you and Zach were talking about before the show that you like yes. so much. Yes. Um anyway, I ho- I hope that's not the case. I hope we do get I hope this continues to go on without Johns because really that that's Part of the fun, one of the sins of corporate comics is that, like, nobody owns anything. And then, like, compensation is not what it should be. But one of the one of the fun aspects that comes out of that is everybody gets to use every everything, you know? Yeah. I, in an ideal world. And, yeah. Anyway, I talk too much. No, 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 just enough. Oh, but I didn't. I didn't really say why I like this comic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just real quick? Just real quick. Sure. I won't take too much time. Another uh, pitch for our Patreon because I'm going to reference what we've been saying with the Starman stuff. This comic is structured in the same way that I praised Starman, a Starman issue for being structured, in that. There are so many little stories going on in this thing in a way that is just not done in comics anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was left behind in like the pre-Flashpoint Johns Robinson era when they were kind of running a lot of the books, right? Where mm-hmm. like you get two or three pages of a story and then it moves on to something else. It's the same thing Starman does when like for two pages you see Ted Knight sitting with uh uh, Michael Thomas and studying him and then it moves on and it's just, it's just there to remind you of what's going on or to give you a little bit it almost it almost works like a mini anthology where like this month you're going to get two or three pages of this story and if you come back next month you'll get another two pages of it and there's like five or six little stories going on here that all get their two or three pages you know it's I wish more comics were written that way uh, because it's the antidote to decompression. We all know that like John certainly did some decompressed work. Like his stories were pretty much six issue arcs or more kind of like he was doing what everybody else did in that regard. However, for all his other writing sins of which there are several, the one thing that he was great about was putting lots of little stories within a six issue arc. When a lot of other writers were just making the six issue arc, the one story. 
Um, yeah. <clears throat> and and I, I really I really appreciate that. Yeah, it's like the the planting the seeds of the next arc within the current arc kind of thing, or you know, like I feel like uh, what book were we reading that did that a lot? I feel like um, Morrison's Doom Patrol did that a lot. Yes, where you where would it have was just like of... a random like one or two page scene that would set up something that was going to happen in the next arc. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I wish more comics operated this same way. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I'm really excited to see like what this the next the teaser for this one is the like the search for the Red Lantern or something, which like mm. yeah, sure, give me more of that. <laughs> I I love um I love Russian evil Alan Scott. Give it give it to me. <laughs> And then also, like I assume, we'll see more stuff with the with the JSA or not. Sorry, the uh, the Legion of Superheroes, which like Legion sure, of Superheroes. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's Legion. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Like the sub, they will go to the future, and I'm sure we'll see. Le- you know, all all we'll see them all. We'll see everybody. See yeah. the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Seeing everything. Um, <laughs> Was that a that an extras reference? Yeah. Wow. We were talking about Patrick Stewart before the show. <laughs> <laughs> we were, yeah. <laughs> well, that brings us to our final book of the week, which is uh, Titans number five, written by Tom Taylor, illustrated by Nicola Scott. This is the final issue of the series before Beast World starts. And um, there's a couple of things I think are very interesting of note here. The first is that we get the we get the first member of the Titans that was not a classic member, and that is that Swamp Thing joins the team. Uh, Levi, the new Swamp Thing introduced by Rom V, was that in Future State? Um, I think so. I think it was Future State. Yeah. Um, but joins the team sort of on like a temporary basis or at least a part-time basis. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's a really interesting, unexpected person to show up in this book. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. I also enjoyed the... Um, uh, well, before, before I get to the next thing, what did, you, what did you guys think of Swamp Thing joining the team here? Love it. Oh, Love I think it. it's very cool. Like... I, I like it for the same reason that I like um, over in JSA. It's focusing on the the Khalid, um, mm-hmm. Doctor Fate. You know uh-huh. the the Sunny Lou and and yeah. um, Paul Levitt's one from DCU. Like I love these like newer legacy characters that don't always get the chance to shine. Um, and I so I love that Taylor is bringing uh, bringing him back. Yeah, absolutely. That is what that is what is making the whole DC universe feel like it's getting closer to that pre-flashpoint. Um and now this is a post-flashpoint character, but you know, one of the things that was happening pre-flashpoint was that there were so many legacy characters taking on the mantles of the older characters, and then that all got dropped and the rug kind of got pulled under. But I now I feel like we're getting closer and closer to that again. You know, uh, we've got a young swamp thing here who maybe we didn't think was going to show up in another book until maybe they did another Rom V mini down the road. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, But here he is. And I love that they're using him. I love when teams get new members and the the members are kind of unexpected. Mm-hmm. It's 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 all just great. And I didn't like that series very much, like mostly due to the art, but like I didn't love it. Um, but I'm excited to see it here. And uh ooh, ooh, I just thought of something though, you guys. Like, I What's just that? thought of it right now. Have you seen those rumors that um DC's gonna relaunch Vertigo? Yes. No, I haven't actually. Bleeding Cool has been talking. They've kind of been hitting hitting at this for a while, but 
they're kind of suggesting it's going to happen relatively soon. Yeah, supposedly that was the big uh, New York Comic Con rumor. Like you know, every year, there's always like the rumor that Rich reports is like everyone in the bar is talking about. Mm-hmm. This year's was uh, the relaunch of Vertigo. Yeah. So, so what if Alec Holland Swamp Thing is Vertigo Swamp Thing, and it's kind of stays in that corner, and and Levi Kame or whatever this guy's name is. He's your DCU swamp thing, basically. And everybody can have their cake and eat it, too. That could be pretty fun. I kind of think, I mean, because what else is Alec doing right now? I can't remember the last time we've seen him. I think it was in that same series, wasn't it? I suppose so. Um, Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if that's a way to 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 kind of cordon them off. Anyway, that's that's about a different book. Um. Yeah, no, I love Swamp Thing's inclusion here. I think it's great. Zach? Yeah, no, same. I, yeah, I said I, I like it for the same reason. I like the Dr. Fate over yeah. In, yeah. In, in the Johns book. Yeah, I think it's great. I I, I think it's a super inspired choice um, for the book, too, like to add in a, a new character and for, for that to be who it is, like, yeah, please give me give yeah like and and I you know I don't want the team to get like super big and bloated, but I like let's add a few new characters here at, at you know every once in a while. Yeah, it 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 seems like especially I I I, I kind of liked how they um this is a reference just for Vince they kind of landfilled it where they were like so you don't have to be here all the time or anything <laughs> like whatever yeah, yeah. whatever we need you you can just show up and, oh, okay that's fair like but i kind of like that they that, that they're setting that out as like a um as as the status quo here because you don't need to have every character in every, every team every team book character in every issue that has become something that i think creators have gotten away from but i mean to me i always remember characters coming and going from team books when i was younger you know um but that that's just sort of fallen by the wayside i guess um so i really like that i i also just like the idea of you know beast boy says it i i can't remember if it was the last issue or this issue something along the lines of i'm i don't i don't want to just be reactive i want to be proactive in helping people and we've heard that from the justice league a million times now but usually it's about like having satellites in space to blow up aliens whereas beast boys intention seems to be i want to help the planet in ways that aren't just like through crime fighting but re replanting the rainforest or those sorts of things and if you're going to be proactive in that way having ha- having a uh an avatar of the green on your team seems like a pretty smart decision to make mm-hmm. so it makes sense from like a, a a storytelling beat as well um it's good it's real good um i also really liked uh how like this book has been very good so far at making us think that Wally West is going to be in danger, but of the team being like two steps ahead every time. And uh, so seeing the uh, how they, they knew that Tempest was going to infect Linda and that's why they brought her to Mars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just, just, just a fun, uh, just, it's just a fun turn of events. Mm hmm. Um, any other comments on this before we get into the sort of what's next for this book discussion? Yeah, um, this is going to be a weird reference, and I don't know if I don't know if you're going to see it, but I every time I look at uh, Nicola Scott's Beast Boy, uh-huh. I think it's Patrick Fischler. And you've it's, mentioned it's mo- this before. I have. Okay, yes. it's mostly in the eyebrows. I can't get over it though. Like it's and that's such a weird. Because Pat, because he's like a, he's like a sixty-year-old man at this point. Yes, yeah, he is. Yeah, <laughs> but I swear to God, it's there. It's mostly in the eyebrows, but that's that's Jimmy Barrett. Yep. Take it from a nut. I was just going to say that. better than nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Men like you are garbage. Yeah. And you'll always be garbage. Yeah. Uh, now I just want to talk about Mad Men. Yeah. Oh, that's our next interlude. 
Oh, is it? Okay. I thought it was <laughs> yeah. Twin Peaks. Did we establish it was Twin Peaks last week? Well, we'll have a Mad Men interlude in the Twin Peaks interlude. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, our, our our Patreon is just a nesting doll of diversion <laughs> at this point. Yeah. So. We never actually finish any of them because... No. no. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, Zach, you're the one that's really hyped for, for Beast World. So why don't you talk us through a little bit well, I feel like that's a little strong. Hyped <laughs> is strong. You, you said, okay, hang on, I gotta find it. You said in uh in Lad's chat something along the lines of, "I haven't seen an event queued up like this in years." Yeah, I haven't. That seems like it's pretty hyped. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Um, I do. I mean, having having Ivan Reyes on it is definitely like, you know, he's one of my like all time fave DC writers, like or, or artists. I mean, and he can really do an event book, and just having him on the book uh, and and evoking that vibe is it's doing a lot of the legwork. I'll say that. Okay. Hmm. Anything else to add? Uh, well, I guess we didn't. Did we say what like the big like reveal at the end of this issue was? No, no, go for it. Yeah, yeah. So the um, the new brother Eternity, who's like the leader of the reformed, uh, um, you know, uh, Church of Blood, um, is uh, he's a ter- to, uh, what's the correct Tamar- Tamaranian? Tamaranian, yeah, yeah. He's I couldn't Tamaranian. say it before either. Don't worry. Or yeah. Tamaranian, I don't. I, I, yeah, you know, you know who could correct our pronunciation probably on this Zadarans. Yeah, probably Greg Matasevich. Oh, probably, sure. Yes, he, he probably knows. Greg, hit us back. Yeah, let us know how to pronounce that. I've always said Tamaranian. Um, that sounds right to me. But if the planet is Tamaran, I suppose Tamaranian would maybe be. I don't know. I don't I know what it's called. Okay. Just don't call me late for dinner. Exactly. I can call you Betty. And Betty, when you call me, you can call me Al. Come on, guys. <laughs> I know there's a Taylor Swift song came called Betty, and you guys are probably thinking about that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. My favorite Taylor Swift song, I think. It's good. It is it's very good. good. Yeah. One, yeah. Of, one of the best. Um yeah. If I just showed up at your party, Brian. Would you have me? Would you want me? I'd tell you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> Very good. I didn't expect you to actually yeah, see, yeah. Th- serve back with that. But yeah. yeah. Oh, it's great. It's a great song. Yeah. Makes me cry. Yeah, it's an emotional one. It is. It's, uh, it's, a, good song. it's a good song. Anyway, uh, what's coming out next week, Vince? Um, I You'll never believe this, but I closed the window that I had open. <laughs> <laughs> we had a whole pre-show argument about this. Oh, we had a not only did we have a, a whole argument about this, but I said I will be ready so that you don't yell at me. <laughs> and I swear to you, Brian, I swear to God, I had it up the entire show until like two minutes ago. All right, Action Comics ten fifty nine. Alan Scott, The Green Lantern two, Amazon's Attack number two, Batman eighty nine. Echoes number one. Batman Beyond, Neo Go- I cannot believe Neo Gothic is still going I on. Know. Number yeah. five. Batman the Brave and the Bold, number seven. City Boy six. Cyborg five. Detective Comics 1078. The Flash number three. Green Arrow number six. Harley Quinn 34. The Penguin number four. Power Girl number three. Steelworks number six. Titans, Beast World number one. And Wonder Woman Outlaw Edition number one. Is that where they collect the first three or something? Yes. Oh, is yeah. it? Yeah, I, th- I think it's the first two, maybe. I think it might also have the... Uh, well, no. It is one and two. It's one and two. Yeah. It's one and two. Because they're also doing a thing soon where they um, put in the... Uh, oh, the the Tom King story from the... From the from Man. Woman 800, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. The Trinity thing with some other stuff. Okay. Well, that's a lot of comics. Remember when they said that there were going to be less comics published? Yeah. That's not true anymore, I don't think. No, they're full of shit. 
<laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. DC3Cast.com for more. Uh, become a patron. We'd love to have you. And we'll talk to you next time. We were hanging out, and we'd like been dating for like maybe a, a year or two at that point. And I put on some cake, and uh, Maddie's cousin, who like went to school with us, um, was basically just like, "We're not listening to that." And I was just uh. like, "Fuck you!" Now we're now we're really good friends, but it really pissed me off at the time. <laughs>